Cause, a copyrighted program created for the Rio Grande Oil Company. Every police car of Chief Cassidy was silent to his knees and a dramatic advertisement for Rio Grande Cats Japanese. There was every police ambulance, eating on a pattern of murder, every firearm in the girls' park, every police motorcycle that patrolled the road. There are thousands of such emergency cars in the territory where Rio Grande Cats Japanese sold, and more of them use Rio Grande Cats than any other Japanese. What greater truth can you ask? that this gasoline is spared all others. The gasoline selected for emergency cars operated by the cities of Los Angeles, Oakland, Berkeley, and others, and by the county of San Diego, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many others, is chosen in competitive press. Rio Grande has won these tests because it is the only gasoline available in the far west that is made by the patented Sinclair tracking process, the most advanced refining method known to the petroleum industry. In Rio Grande's new tracking plant, the finest in America, your gasoline goes through a costly extra process that changes all the weak, slow-burning, lazy units into rich, vital elements. And when you buy Rio Grande Cat gasoline from your neighborhood independent dealer, you get the same gasoline that is used by more emergency engines than any other brand. And in addition, Rio Grande offers free gifts to every boy and girl. Drive in tonight, or tomorrow sure. Wherever Rio Grande Cat gasoline is sold, ask for your free copy of the Calling All Cars News, and read how your youngsters may have a complete junior detective outfit free of charge. And now it is our pleasure to present Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. As you sit quietly back in your chair, listening to this broadcast, perhaps you will believe it is incredible that several persons can conspire together to commit crime which may result, and in this case did result, in cold-blooded murder. Few citizens realize that walking abroad in our community are vicious individuals whose criminal tendencies are so great that they can conspire together in a single act of violence. But this story we bring you tonight is one which proves conclusively that definite criminal types are dangerous and altogether unfit to associate with civilized society as we know it. I wish to call particular attention to those listening in tonight to the splendid work done by the police officers in ringing from the group of conspirators and would-be murderers to solve this is the truth concerning one of the most barbarous killings in police annals. This splendid piece of detective work was done without resorting to the antiquated so-called third degree. The psychology used by the police officers in this story to break down the resistance of these clever criminals is particularly noteworthy. Now for the story. Oh, it is that, Mrs. Mudge. 
And what brings you out so early? Well, I to buy the food in the house, and the kids are hungry. I've got to go down to the relief headquarters and see if I can get them something to eat. Oh, and it's a fine state the world in him. Don't you think like us? I should be begging the government itself for a crust of bread. Well, I don't know what the world's coming to. I was just saying to Mrs. Watson the other day. Oh, Mrs. Watson, you were speaking. Then maybe you can tell me what our fine landlady has been taking of self. And me with a plumbing in the case gone bad and not able to find hide nor hair of her these three days. Now, that's strange. I haven't seen her for several days myself. I'm just on my way to her apartment to find out where I can't get me some service in this place. Will you come along? Mm, very well. I want to speak to her myself. You don't suppose she's run off and got herself married to that Mr. Redding from across the street, do you? Oh, no. She's too old and settled for that. When a woman's past 60, she isn't thinking about flighty things. Oh, maybe not. Of course, <laughs> I was past 60. <laughs> I ain't well into my 30s yet. But that Mr. Redding don't look so bad to me. He'd be a fine husband for a little woman who understood him and to do for him like I could, if you get what I mean. Mrs. McManus, you surprised me. Well, I'm only human after all. And I never could understand what Mr. Redding sees in that old Mrs. Watson. Is really? Oh, not her, she won't. She was just as the devil himself is wicked. Knock on the door, Mrs. Mudd. I'm not loud enough to raise the door. Surely she ought to hear that. She ought if she wants to. Oh, do you suppose? Oh, of course not. I'm going to peek through the keyhole. Oh, I wouldn't do that, Mrs. McMahon, if it ain't polite. No, what of it? My plumbing needs fixing, and I'm going to tell her about it no matter how I do it. Now, just nail down here. Oh. Oh, is plaguing me again. Do you see anything? Mrs. Mudd. Mrs. Mudd? Yes, what is it? The room's a wreck. If the general himself has been up to three, then you must be a fool and see what's going on. Not me. Not me. That's enough. <laughs>
Oh, that's I'm sure there's no time to have a piece of liquor in the house, is it? I'm not interested in that, Mr. I don't think that's happening. Mr. McNulty. Mr. McNulty. And what is it you want to be talking to me about? What's your hat, Mr. McNulty? Mr. Helping it. To help in a poor innocent law-abiding citizen. Open the police. According to the information we've received, you asked some money to help out an old woman. Oh, oh. I never heard of such a thing myself. All right, Miss Nelson, now calm down. Would you like a little drop of Oh, Eddie Block, the nothing now. What is coming? Oh, look. 
Bill Eddie Drop, making entry from doorway right now. Yeah? Just a minute, Mr. Black. Yeah, what is it? I want to have a little talk with you. About what? A murder. That's in police headquarters. A murder? Well, I don't know nothing about no murder. Well, that's just fine. And you won't mind coming along with us. We want you to meet a friend of ours. Well, well, I'm clean. I don't know nothing. Well, we're glad to hear that. Come along. Car's waiting outside. <laughs> Get out. Hey, what's the idea? Where are you taking me? You'll see soon enough. I'm taking you to visit an old friend of yours. Yeah, well, I don't know anybody out in this end of town. Well, we'll see about that. Hello, Indian. How are you tonight? Hey, who is this drunken old fool? Come on, come on, come on. No, no. Sit down. Mr. Man, is it, Miss Mather? Cold and the tension of the trouble will take the black heart out of me. What kind of a frame of this is? Shut up and listen. Go ahead, Jim, and tell Black here what you told us an hour ago. Oh, I'm not a doctor. Listen to me, Eddie, my buckle. Get a nine over the what I say, and you're a doctor. Look here, you can't tell Black. All right, then. All right, Place and I don't want it to get in the bad name. All right, now, quiet down. 
It's smart and they're nowhere here. To make a person, you have to raise the place to get on in. Oh, Kevin, no, no way. Very well, then, be quiet, and we'll cause you no trouble. Oh, what do you want? You want the name of the man in room 15. Mr. Jefferson has that room. Has he in now? No, he went out half an hour ago. When do you expect he'll be back? Well, it's hard as hell. Sometimes he's away for a couple of days, and sometimes for just a few minutes. Have you got any rooms vacant next to him? No, but there's an empty room across the hall. Don't take it. But I don't want no trouble. Well, Missouri won't do any trouble. Just you keep your mouth shut. The only way there'll be any trouble is if you tip them off that we're here. For 24 long hours, the two detectives sit in the little room, smoking in with cigarettes, taking turns, watching through the keyhole for anyone ever in Jefferson's room across the hall. No one comes that afternoon, that night, nor the next morning, but finally at noon on the second day. Come on, yeah, probably got to him down the hall. He's walking around all night. Come on, let's take him. Take him up, Jefferson. What is up there? Listen, Harry. Who are you, guys? What is this? A house? No, no, yes. The police officer. In a house? What for? I ain't done nothing. What's the big idea? There's a friend who lives down at headquarters that wants to see you. Come on. I think I need to introduce you two. You haven't made a mistake. This is your old friend Jefferson, isn't it, Black? Yeah, that's the guy. What is this, a frame-up? I never saw this mug in my life before. Oh? Sit down, Black. Tell Mr. Jefferson here that you told me up in the cell. Well, there were four of us in the deal. Jefferson here, me, Bud Sampson, and Betty Martin. He was planning to rob an old woman who lived next door to Betty's room. And I joined over on Maple Street. I thought of Betty said she had five grand hidden in her sink. He was going to use car back to when I think it's a hard thing. The better Martin? Yeah, what of it? They're under arrest. What for? Suspicion of murder. My room, Sampson. Hey, what's the big idea? You got no right in my room? That's the police headquarters. You come along quietly, or do I have to use force? This is no time in putting the suspects into the office of the superior Captain Bert Wallace of the Homicide Squad. Captain Wallace is Reddy Black, Bert Sampson, Jack Jefferson, and Betty Martin. How are you? Good on, Bert. Now, I suppose you'd like to know why you're all here. Yes, John Sutton, we were. Yeah. There's a law against cross-arrest, you know. Yes, I've heard of that law. That's the reason we never make an arrest until we are reasonably sure the suspect's guilt. Well, you're way out of line this time. I don't think so. Well, come on. Fill it, Cap. What's it all about? A little over a week ago, an old lady by the name of Amanda Watson was murdered during a robbery. We have some strong reasons to believe that one of the people in this room committed that murder. How about it? Okay. I'll lay my cards on the table. I'll no start talking. That's fine. You don't mind if we take down your statement in short hand, do you? What a good it would do me if I didn't. Perhaps you're right. You better take the statement, sir. That's right. All right, Jensen. Start talking. Well, I was working on a construction job out in Hollywood a couple of months ago, and I met Black there. He was working his own job, and he drove him back to town a couple of times, and then. One day when he was talking about how tough things was and how hard it is to get a job to, to live on relief, he said he knew where there was some ready cash. Mm-hmm. He told me that he knew a woman or knew about an old lady that kept five grand and a lot of jewelry in a trunk in her room. 
sounded pretty good to me, so Jack took me on to Mrs. Jones. Who was this woman? Betty Martin, yeah. Oh, yes, you double Oh, Betty, don't do that way. She's the best way out. I, I didn't bump you a woman, and you didn't need her. I don't like informers. Well, Samson, what else? Well, this old lady lived next to Betty's apartment. We met in there and talked about it and decided we'd need a screwdriver to force it in the trunk and things, and we'd need some strong wire to tie up Ms. Watson. You never meant to bump her off. That's you, do you? No, sir, I didn't. Well, we, we finally decided that maybe there wasn't any dough in the room because... We've been watching through the keyhole. At least I decided it was a bum steer, and I pulled out of the whole thing. That's all I got to say. Well, there's that, Black. You stand from getting the truth? Yeah. What have you got to add? Well, not much. After I talked to Samson about the job, I ran into Jefferson oh, here. Sit down, sit down, Jefferson. Go ahead, Black. Well, we'd known each other in Oklahoma, and when Jefferson told me he was out of work, I figured soon he was an old friend that cut him in on a good thing. He went along with me to Benny's room, and he was present when we talked over plans. Jefferson got the power tool and the package for our fingers. And we started to argue about whether Mrs. Watson really did have any money. I was sick in bed with the flu, and the next thing I knew, I read in the papers of the old donor been bumped. I didn't do it. I was never near it in Betty Martin's apartment. How about it, Miss Martin? What have you got to add? Just this. I say it's a lie. A deliberate frame-up by a couple of double-talking rats that ain't fit to sit on. And that's me. For two days, the questioning goes on. Relentlessly, the officers seek to break down the stories, the admissions and denials of the suspects. Toward the end of the second day of questioning. I'm getting a little tired of this murder on. So are we. Why don't you let us go? We ain't killed him. You know, boys, I think Jefferson's right. We're holding these people for no purpose. Certainly, I'm convinced that Jefferson's innocent. Oh, and Jefferson's innocent. Oh, and you're right at that, Jeff. And Jefferson, I want to apologize to you for keeping you here these two days. Oh, that's all right, Captain Ward. We have to do these things sometimes to assure ourselves of the innocence of the suspect. Sure, I understand. Uh, you say, Janet? Sure. Put her there. Oh, oh. Now, what's the matter? You hurt my hand. That's just what I meant to do. Now sit down there, Jefferson, and start coming clean. For two days, you've been sitting here stretching your right cheek until you've stretched all the skin away. You're it, Jefferson. You're holding something back. And send it off, which has escaped the notice of the rest of my fellow officers here, is that right hand of yours. It's still stolen. How did you hurt your hand, Jefferson? Why? I don't tell us you were fixing the plumbing. You've already eliminated one suspect on that story. Come clean, Jefferson. Thompson, Jack, and Miss Martin have convinced me that they are innocent of the actual murder. And you have convinced me by your nervousness that you have greater knowledge of it. Jefferson, you killed Mrs. Watson. Isn't that the truth? Okay. You got me. I did it. Start talking. I got tired of them sitting around doing nothing. So that day I got trucked in a kind of cheap gym. And I took the tire tool and went over to Mrs. Watson. When she came to the door, I banged her over the head. Then I tied her up and threw her on the bed. And then I took the joint like Grant took with me. Did you find anything? No, not a thing. I'm hardly paying you, Jeffrey Jefferson. There's just one thing I want you both to know. I never miss it, sir. I just wanted to put her to sleep so I could get the five grand the Martin Dan said was here. I didn't mean to kill her. I swear I didn't. I just kept you easy. You just don't know your own strength, do you, Jefferson? 
Jefferson, Lott, and Miss Martin were booked for murder. Thompson was held as a material witness, and complaints were issued by Deputy District Attorney Vern Ferguson on one count of murder, two counts of conspiracy to commit robbery, and three counts of attempted robbery. But four days before the case came to trial, Judge Reuben Smith released Black and Miss Martin declaring that the evidence of their guilt was insufficient. Jefferson went on trial on an insanity charge for sound shame and was sent to San Quentin Penitentiary for life. Thank you, Chief David. Someday you may need help from the police. Someday you may need an ambulance. Quick. Every second count when you need help. So police take no chances of gasoline refined by ordinary methods. Gasoline which may sputter and balk and stall at a sudden demand for speed. To ensure that every police car can jump from a crawl to top speed in emergencies, the largest cities and counties in California and Arizona specify Rio Grande cracked gasoline to power all emergency motors. It costs no more to get such a heated gasoline refined by this extra cracking process. And with cracked gasoline in your car, you can get police car performance too. And as an extra inducement to try the super refined gasoline, every independent dealer handling the Agandi Crash gasoline is offering free, valuable gifts to boys and girls. Drive in. Get police car performance for your car with Rio Grande Crash Gasoline. Calling all cars, attention all cars. The cancellation broadcast 101 regarding a murder. The section of case now in custody. That's all. Rolls and coats. Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.